Good morning. May I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're in the Sermon on the Mount and in the introductory section, the Beatitudes. Matthew 5, verse 1. Remind ourselves again of those Beatitudes that we've been considering. We will read from verse 1 to 12. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. We are grateful, our Father, to you this morning for the activities that have taken place. We are grateful to you for enabling us to come and meet the way that we have. We are grateful to you for granting us this glorious opportunity to meet together as a family of God in your house, the body of Christ, to worship you. We ask that we worship you in truth and in spirit. Thank you for the songs sung. Thank you for the notices given. Thank you for the visitors. We're grateful for all that has been done as acts of worship. We do pray now that as we worship you through and in the preaching of your word and the listening to the same, that you will bless us. Grant our Father that will not be distracted by the works of the evil one, so we do pray that you would restrain him for us. We plead that you lay hope us to be focused, to be self-controlled, to be disciplined in the listening to your word. Grant that your word will accomplish the purpose for which it will be sent. Encourage, draw to yourself by way of salvation, grant that we will determine to pursue holiness and live to the virtues the attributes, the acts that are displayed before us in the Beatitudes as evidence, as marks of disciples of Christ. So help us, our Father, when we ask how we can be Christ-like, that will be like what he has been instructed in this portion of your word. We ask, our Father, that you grant us your special blessing this morning. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful, 
for they shall receive mercy. We began considering the fifth beatitude, which is in verse 7, and we said we'll consider this particular beatitude by answering four questions. And the first question we've dealt with was basically what was the Lord Jesus Christ teaching and what was the Lord Jesus Christ not teaching in this particular beatitude? What is it that he was teaching and what is it that he was not teaching? In other words, we considered this particular beatitude from the positive as well as the negative uh, perspectives. And that is teaching that we demonstrate this virtue, this attitude, this beatitude, this characteristic of Christianity. Jesus in this beatitude, we said, was and is not teaching salvation or reception of mercy by works. He is not teaching that. What Jesus was and is teaching in this beatitude is that our showing mercy to others is evidence of having ourselves received mercy from God and also the assurance of our being blessed by the promise that is given in that beatitude. That question, those are the two major and the others were basically support statements or minor uh, points uh, to support those two answers. Secondly, we ask the question, what is the thrust of this beatitude in contrast to the previous four? What is the thrust of this beatitude in contrast to the previous four? We said in this beatitude, Jesus having focused in the previous four beatitudes on the inner spiritual condition of the believer, in this one is focusing on one of the ways this inward reality is expressed outwardly. You say that you are meek. You say that you are poor in spirit. You say that you mourn over and for your sins. You say that you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Well, verse 7 is saying, demonstrate it in how you relate to the needy either by way of lack or the needy by way of needing salvation. Demonstrate these attributes. Demonstrate the fact that you are saved and that these inward realities are true by outward relationships. Do you show mercy? If you do not, you shall not be shown mercy because you simply be showing that probably you've not received mercy after all. That was the thrust that we considered and this morning we move on to answer the third question. What is mercy? What is mercy? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are those who show mercy to others, they will be shown mercy. 
discussing with Andrew recently, got a definition that after thinking about it, I was wondering whether it's accurate or not, but you might take it. Mercy was defined in contrast to grace. And it was defined this way, that grace is undeserved favor. Grace is God showing us favor which we do not deserve. But mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. That's the definition I heard in the recent, I think, three or four weeks. And I was saying to myself, what's the difference? If mercy is God not giving us what we deserve, isn't that still grace? If grace is God giving us what we do not deserve, well, obviously he's not giving us what we deserve. So I was wrestling with what is the difference in, in the two uh, definitions. You may wrestle with uh, those uh, two definitions, particularly the definition of mercy. It is God not giving us what we deserve. Grace is God giving us what we do not merit. Well, what is mercy? Let's begin with answering or defining or considering what it is not. What it is not. The mercy referred to here is not so much the almost negative quality which the word usually suggests to us. And many times when we discuss mercy, we mean not dealing harshly, either with offenders or with animals. So you belong to the animal cruelty rights group. So if, if I think a time that I've driven with Dr. Piri and he lives in an area where there is a veterinary office and we find these dog owners, they've tied the end of the rope onto the bicycle and the man is riding the bicycle at 40 kilometers per hour and the dog is literally uh, chasing after him and the tongue is outside. And Dr. Piri would always say, if this was in America, he would be arrested. And I said to him, thank God for Zambia. <laughs> So that in that sense, you kind of, he, he's treating the dog harshly. He should have mercy on this poor dog. So it must obviously go to the vet, but can we put it behind the vehicle where he has no vehicle? Uh, can he walk the dog to the vet where he stays 10 kilometers away? He only has a bicycle. How is he going to get there by bicycle? Not supporting that kind of activity. Uh, simply showing how we understand mercy sometimes. We understand mercy not inflicting punishment when due. And one of the debates you get here, particularly in the context of the death penalty, it's this argument. God is merciful. 
we must behave like him and what we mean is let's not punish people like this even when it is due that's our understanding of mercy sparing an animal or a fellow man some unnecessary labor that's not the sense here the sense is not the sense of don't exercise justice that's not the sense the sense is not if somebody needs to work hard or labor or somebody needs to be punished the mercy is not here does not mean don't punish them that's not the sense of the text so it's not saying if children offend show mercy by simply saying to them well don't do this you know me i'm a very merciful father so uh, okay sani uh, you see you must be, be no 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 that's not the sense uh, that's what we understand so that's what not i'll be focusing on sometimes you you and so when you read proverbs spare the rod and parents i think no no that's very hard What is it? If that's what it is not according to the sense here, what is it? Well the mess being referred to here is active kindness to the needy and to any who are in trouble either because of sin or the consequence of it, particularly all in general. Now as you read particularly the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ that mercy is extended to both those that are in need in terms of lacking either some necessities of life or some warmth or food or something but also to sinners and some of them who are going through the consequences of sin because of a particular or direct commission of sin other simply because we live in a corrupt world and mercy in that context is active kindness to the needy and to any who are in trouble either because of sin or as a consequence of sin what i mean is this that others may actually commit the act of sin but the consequences of it will affect us so if our leaders are corrupt there will be austerity measures there will be hunger but it will not be experienced at the same level now the reason others will be more hungry than some of us others will not have while some of us will have will be because some politician some leader somebody in authority has withheld what is rightly due to them and therefore this suffering is as a consequence of this act of sin we are required to show mercy or oh, but even if it is an act of sin by the culprit we are required to show mercy it is the feeling of pity showing itself in action and not only existing in thought 
Here is where again we understand mercy where it differs from the biblical understanding that we, we measure on simply emotions and thoughts. We find, you probably have come across this, some drunkard. Remember in Kabwe, going to one township or compound and we were driving and we found somebody who had drunk kachasu and he had literally fainted. He was not breathing normally. I was going to say he was not breathing, he was. He was not breathing normally and he was mistaken for a dead person. And all people did was simply to say, how bad? This is, this is not good. Why do people drink like this? Now, vernacular communicates it better. Chabi pa? Uncle what? Chabi pa And you, you pass. That's it. And the moment your back is against that person, they are off the picture. So I say to the person we're driving with, well, we need to do something. Either call the police or get the person on this vehicle. Go to the police, go to the hospital. Now, this is a Christian. Uh, I was going to say an elder, but I won't say it. Uh, this is a Christian. I didn't say an elder, did I? <laughs> And the person says, no, 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 no. Pastor, you know, these things will be the first witnesses. You know, when we go to the police, they'll say, so how come you found him? Are you sure? Who'll be the first suspects? Well, it's at that point you use pastoral authority wrongly. Uh, it's a wrong way of using that. So you say to them, well, as your pastor, I say. Uh, let's get the person. Okay, because you said, let's say, uh, okay. But while we are doing that, the police came. And you should see the relief in this person. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's how we show mercy. No, that's not what the text means. It is the feeling of pity, yes. But showing itself in action and not only existing in thought. How many times on Facebook have you read of somebody in Lusaka who would need medical help? And you see the picture. They either have some growth or some disproportionate something and the plea is, please help. We read and say, oh, how unfortunate. You probably even cry. But meanwhile, you have ability to respond. Meanwhile, you have ability to respond. And, and we rationalize and we'll be seeing this. We say, no, these days you never know who is a con man. This, this might be just gonga. You know, people are clever these days. That's true. Well, if you are concerned about being conned, investigate. Because mercy, as this text shows, it is the feeling of pity showing itself in action and not only existing in thought. The only reason it must end at your thinking is if you do not have ability to act. If you don't, do feel pity. But there is a way in which you can act 
you always have that ability pray for the person it is the attitude of being compassionate towards others a pitying of those in suffering and tenderly desirous to alleviate their suffering and alleviating their suffering if we do have ability it is taking practical steps to help those in need and whose misery has moved us i must say beloved that it's a shame that we live in a society where the needy find it easy to go to muslims for help than christians it's a shame because when they come on our door when they meet us on the road when they are among us we pay a blind eye listen what the text says blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy it is this mercy that the two blind men were pleading for in Matthew chapter 9 verse 27 when they cried have mercy on us son of david what is it that they are asking christ to do please give us sight we are blind and in that context vulnerable and helpless they come to christ and cry out have mercy jesus is not only going to say too bad were you born this way or did this happen along the way this is sad please I- i'll be praying go well no 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 read the story they are not asking simply for sentimentalism they are not asking for tears they are not asking for some face that shows sadness this is bad they are asking for pity but also for action jesus son of david have mercy would you please have a kind disposition to us and do something leave us in this situation you are able you are the son of david you are the son of god you are all powerful please look upon us and be moved to act we say want to be cross like be merciful it is this mercy the canaanite woman pleaded for when she cried out <clears throat> when she cried out in matthew 15 verse 22 have mercy on me o lord son of david my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon she probably has tears in her eyes and looks to the savior and says my daughter is in trouble she's not waiting for some teary eyes as well and ends there she's asking jesus when you moved with compassion can you please set her free can you act so jesus says in the text blessed are the merciful those who behave this way that if this person came to you you as a follower of Christ as a believer in the Lord here is a situation home i am under some oppression would you please come and help either pass through this or come out of it 
be asking for you to show mercy. Be kind and pity them, but also if you can do something, you do it. It is this mercy a father pleaded for in Matthew 17, 15 to 16, when he cried out to Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire, and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. You are my only hope. If my son is not to fall in fire again, if my son is not to fall in water again, if my son is not to continue suffering terribly again, your merciful act is what I'm pleading for. It is this mercy that Jesus called and caused his disciples to show even to one's enemies as instructed in Luke 6, 34 to 36. Luke 6, 34 to 36. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the Most High. For he's kind, he's merciful to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful even as your father is mercy. We are to show mercy not only to those we love, we are to show mercy in this text from Luke even to our enemies. One of my friends was attacked by thieves in the night. And the security man beat the man with a rod and the thief collapsed. And the owner of the house came out. He really had no legal obligation to do this. But he came out and found the man on the floor with part of his head split from the motorbike he got from the security guard and blood oozing. And the man said, look, if we leave him like this, he will die. And the security says, boss, enough with him. Let him die. Let him hit him again. And the man said, I know he's wrong. I know he's probably stolen from us a few times. But I can't let him die here. We need to go to the hospital and to the police. So that when he recovers, then he can face the consequences. But I can't let him die. That's an enemy. That's somebody in the act of stealing. Would he be wrong legally if he let it go? No, he wouldn't. Are we entitled to self-defense? Yes, we are. Are we required to show mercy? Yes, we must. Even to our enemies. Beloved, some of us celebrate at the misfortune of the people we call our enemies. 
if we went to them and asked for something and they said they didn't have, but we knew they had. Now I went and asked for 500, they said they didn't have, but I know they just got their, their pension. So they have. Batani. To Kamuna and what you are wishing for, I wish their pension man will be stolen. And when something bad happens to them, you say, you see, <laughs> you don't play with God. This God. <laughs> uh, you use even Bembeles and Mariotola. <laughs> no, even if they didn't give you anything, the text says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. God shows mercy even to the west of rebels. Even to atheists who stand up and say, there is no God. If you are there, come and reveal yourself. It still shows mercy. Mercy is like the exhortation on love. In First John chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him. How does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth, in actions and in our attitudes. So what we have here in a phrase, that is in Matthew chapter five, verse seven, in a phrase, we are as the bulky argument in the whole book of James. That's all James is arguing. You say you have faith. Show it. Don't just tell me words. Don't just hide in confessions. There is one probably with a better confession and is the devil. He knows God is one and he trembles. Maybe you don't. So how different are you? Show your faith. Because if you don't, it's dead. Straightforward. It's not there. It's not there. Remember we said in considering these beatitudes that these are evidences. This is not the way to salvation. Jesus is not saying live like this and be saved. He's saying if you are saved, this is how you show it. So I ask, beloved, if this was the only test for your salvation, would you pass? If this was the only test of your salvation, would you pass? Are you merciful? He puts it this, that is James, in one instance. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed, and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is it? Here is the common phrase in the evangelical context. In our days even that is very vague. Let me put it this way, Baptist and Pentecostal circles, here is the phrase, it shall be well with you. You heard that phrase? Yeah, Pastor, I'm really going through difficulties. No mini meal, you know, our children, school fees, and all I say, and it sounds very religious and pastoral. It shall be well. Bless the Lord. Amen. Thank you.
Nonsense. It will only be well if you do something. It won't be well by magic. It won't be well by witchcraft. It will be well by acts of mercy. I ask beloved again, I wish sure I would never come across people who are in need. I wish sure. It's, it's saddening that we have Christians today who are happy to spend more money on talk time and bundles with little profit than to help some needy person. We're happy. Here's one thing you need to do with your Facebook and internet. You know, phones have this gadget that says, just go, uh, I can't remember, I wish I was Mr. Nathan, I'll tell you the details. But your gadget has this facility or this application where you ask how much time you've spent on your phone and how much of that time is actually profitable. You'll be amazed at how much unprofitable time we spend but that translated in money, how much money we spend unprofitably. We both. No, no, for me, I don't, uh, you know, these weekly bundles, no, no, those, 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 I, I do the, the three months one. Oh, really? So how much is the three months? 700. So how much of that is profitable? Nothing. Probably 5%. But meanwhile, you have a neighbor whose son or daughter has not been to school because the fees are short by 500. But you spend 1,000 on bundles, 90% of which is unprofitable. You spend 25,000 to buy your 49 color curved television. Somebody is unwell in the neighborhood. They need medical attention, but the hospital has told them unless there is 500 or 1,000 on the table, we won't begin to work. And you know the story. Are you sure if this was the only test? You would pass. Your children are being trained to be gluttons, greedy individuals. We give them one sausage in the morning, Hungarian sausage, with chicken and chips we add, and then two fritters, and, and then a sandwich, and I will tell them, uh, during break, make sure you eat these four sandwiches. Uh, then for lunch, uh, make sure you eat it well. And when the food finishes, go to the touch shop, five, 100 kwach. Make sure you eat. Uh, don't let others steal. Uh, because all are pela son, I went at half pela. We pela. That's how we train them. So when I give you, make sure you eat and eat alone. 
don't show any mercy or kindness. Even if this one, the parents didn't prepare something or they are where your friend comes with dry lips and hunger and say, please share with me, Abby. Mom has told me, don't share. Now please let's strengthen. Charity begins at home. Let's begin to train them to be merciful even when they are young. Now one of the questions maybe we need to learn with the team that is here is why is America so generous? Is it, is it the only wealth country? Is it the only wealth country? What's the secret? I'm not sure. Mercy is attitude plus action moved by godly motivation. Now, even the non-Christians can exercise mercy. But I am looking at Matthew 5 verse 7. And we read in the opening verses, the people to whom Jesus is saying these words, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Not just teaching everyone, he's teaching his disciples to demonstrate that they're disciples of Christ. That is mercy defined. We simply, we're still answering the question, what is mercy? But let's very quickly illustrate this mercy in Luke chapter 10. Mercy illustrated. Luke chapter 10. In the story that some of us know very well, the story of some theologians, of some pure breed called the Jews, some Samaritan find this person beaten and they're going to do what they think is right. Matthew chapter 10, I mean Luke chapter 10 verse 30. Well, let's begin at verse 25. And behold, a lawyer, that is, a lawyer in religious issues, stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he said, but he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? To whom should I be kind? To whom should I show mercy? Who should I, who should I love practically? Verse 30, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him. So here is somebody is beaten because of sin. Some robbers in their practice of sinful lives stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. I hope you heard that. A priest 
today's language, a bishop. If I say pastor, I'll include myself. An overseer, see a one. The priest going by that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite. We have Dr. Manana here. A Levite is passing by. Uh, Dr. Zimba is not here. We have these learned men. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. The question, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? Listen to the answer. He said, the one who showed him what? Mercy. This is the true neighbor. And it's a Samaritan, the unlikely person. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. We learn from this parable regarding showing mercy, that mercy is doing something to relieve or alleviate, remove or lessen the consequences of misfortune. Sin or evil, physical, emotional, or spiritual pain, whatever it is, that's what the Samaritan did. Secondly, mercy does not hide behind what someone has called unbiblical scruples in order to protect oneself from costly service. The priest and the teacher of the law had their theological reasons for not helping. They probably had. If this person assuming they assumed was dead, well, the law said if they touched a corpse, they'll be defiling themselves. They, they had their theological reasoning. The priest and the teacher of the law had their theological reasoning for not helping, but Jesus condemned their conduct to refuse to show mercy. Showing mercy is not a Christian option or extra. It's a critical, essential quality, evidence of being a Christian, of being Christ-like. So you are like Christ? Show mercy. The importance of mercy and its reciprocal nature is stressed in several passages. Hosea chapter 6 verse 6, which is quoted also in Matthew 9.13, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. I desire mercy. Here is what that text is saying. If you are faithful in giving your tithe, you faithful in giving your offerings. That's where you end, but we are indifferent to the needs of community and society. Jesus' statement is, I desire mercy. Do this as you continue to do the other things. Micah 6, 6 to 8. 
with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with bent offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has showed you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. What are these weightier matters of the law? Justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. They neglected mercy. But they tithed to the smallest level. Showing mercy, someone has stated, is the touchstone and hallmark of true conversion to Christ. A habitual merciful attitude shows that one has responded to God's love and is living by his grace a life that demonstrates this experience. Beloved, the absence of the practice of mercy, inwardly and outwardly, is a bad sign. It's a dangerous song. If you do not feel compassion, kindness, pity, but you also do not act, it might be asking the fundamental question, are you sure you are saved? Let me put it this way. It's a sinful lifestyle. You are living a life of sin. There is only one solution to sin. Repent. And live a life that is pleasing to God. As his disciples, we must follow the example of our master. We must be merciful. The showing mess that is blessed and will be blessed is showing mess like Christ did. It is wide in its range, co coextensive with human sin and suffering. Jesus showed mercy not only to the afflicted and the poor, but also the proud Pharisees, the cold-hearted Sadducees, that Jerusalem, self-satisfied and unbelieving, that would not seek shelter beneath the wings of his mercy. Human sin as well as human suffering should move the Christian heart with mercy. Indignation or anger against sin must always be mingled with pity, mercy, compassion for the sinner. The thoughtless sinner who lives in wealth and luxury is an object of the Christian's mercy as well as the sick and helpless poor. This holy showing of mercy lies deep in the heart. It expresses itself in intercessory prayer, in gentle words and looks, and when it is possible, in acts of mercy. I conclude by quoting somebody. One old divine has observed regarding showing mercy, nowhere do we imitate God more than in showing mercy. In nothing does, does God more delight than in the exercise of mercy. Exodus 34, 6, to us guilty sinners, to us wretched, dying and exposed to eternal war, he has shown his mercy by giving his son to die for us. By expressing his willingness to pardon and to save us, 
by sending his spirit to renew and sanctify the heart. Each day of our life, each hour and each moment, we partake of his undeserved mercy. All the blessings we enjoy are proofs of, the, of his mercy. We are, also, we are also to show mercy to the poor, the wretched, the guilty. It shows that we are like God. We have his spirit. We shall not lose our reward. And we have abundant opportunity to do it. Our world is full of guilt and woe, which we may help to relieve. And every day of our lives, we have opportunity to be helping the poor and wretched. And by forgiving those who injure us, to show that we are like God. We show mercy, not only to the physically, spiritually, emotionally people in need. We show mercy also through acts of evangelism. We move by sinners. We compassionate that if we do not reach out to them, they will go to hell. So may I please say to you, if you are here and you are not saved, please be saved. Please be saved. Come to Christ. He will show mercy. Repent of your sins. Look to him for salvation. If you don't, you will go to hell. May God grant that you look to him. You reach out to the throne of mercy and that he will give you mercy. But to the rest of us, I ask again, are you sure if this was the only test of Christianity, you will pass? Are you sure you will? May God grant that we'll examine ourselves objectively and sincerely. Amen.